Welcome to So You Want to Be a Leader, really a Defy Expectations podcast. I'm Vicky Hampson. And I'm Helen Honeyset, and we're here to explore the highs and lows of leadership today with our guests. And help you navigate the complexity of being a leader from every aspect, from sublime to the ridiculous and everything in between. This week's guest is Kevin Keppel. Kevin teaches leaders how to align with their genius so they can truly create a massive impact and build strong, cohesive and powerful cultures. Kevin, welcome. Hey, what's up, Vicky and Helen? Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Hey, everybody out there. You can find more info about Kevin in the downloads that are available alongside this podcast or visit www.defyexpectations.co.uk. But Defy Expectations, we talk a lot about transformational leadership and it being a critical competency for leaders. So Kevin, what does transformational leadership mean to you? I think that's such a great place to start. Transformational leadership is really the pinnacle of leadership or coaching or whatever you're looking to improve. Because there's really three ways that as leaders, we can help the people behind us. And the first one is pretty simple and it's where a lot of people land just because of the simplicity. And it's when somebody maybe has like a specific thing they want to get better at. Maybe somebody on your team isn't a very good listener and they're not very good at being present with other people. And so they need a tactic to listen better. And so that would be kind of the level one of leadership, if you will. And then you know, level two is more about situational. And so if you had that same team member that not only are they not a good listener, but uh, maybe they're abrasive and not really good at relationships in general. And so you would really help them maybe with some strategies as opposed to tactics kind of on level two to really help them just show up better in relationships. And level three, again, the pinnacle, because this is where the really powerful, long-lasting results are created when you have this transformational approach. You're really working to get the people, you know, that you're leading or coaching or advising to fundamentally shift the way they see the world. And the way that you do that is via an insight. Unless I see things differently internally, my behavior may change, but we're habitual creatures. And so we generally revert back to what's familiar, especially in times of stress because it's just the known and it's simpler and it's such a habit and it feels safe, even if it's not the performance or behavior we want. And so when you can help people create an insight, and one of the best ways you do that is by helping people really see the truth, the truth about themselves or the truth about life in general, because so many people have made decisions about the way things are and it becomes a static way of being. And one of the few guarantees we get in life in addition to death and taxes is things are going to change. And when you resist that change, you outdate yourself almost with personal inflation because the world continues to revolve around you, just not in the way you want it to revolve around you when you refuse to change and cling to this known. So transformational leadership is really about helping people see what being more looks like, being more with their unique gifts, so to speak, and how can they you know, create the impact they're looking and really maybe start owning their truth a little bit better, whatever that may be. I just find that fascinating in terms of how we stop clinging to the known and actually think differently. And talking about that, the topic of today is starting to think about how all of these aspects come together to create those powerful cultures that we know drive change and success in business. 
But Kevin, to you, what is a powerful culture and then what needs to be present to develop one effectively? Yeah, I feel like this isn't done very well, very often. And whether it's a sports team you're a part of, the PTA or the business you're running, unless everybody's rowing in the same direction, you're really giving away power. And so for a powerful culture, you know, there's, gosh, there's a great book by Phil Jackson, the former Bulls and Lakers coach. I love sports. And he won 11 NBA championships with different teams, which is pretty phenomenal as an accomplishment. And he said this one brilliant thing that I absolutely loved. He said, you know, the way that you create championship teams is that you have people growing as individuals and you grow together as a team. And, and that really struck me when he said that, because it makes so much sense. Because if I have an organization or a team full of individual contributors that are all doing their own thing, like that's good, but that fosters competition and competition is dangerous because competition really strives for sameness. When people compete, they're trying to beat each other's expression of their genius. And we're all unique. And that's like the gift we bring to the world is owning our uniqueness. And so we really need to enforce, I guess maybe that's not the best word, encourage would be a better word, really connecting with other people. And the only way you're going to connect with other people is if they feel safe. And so that's the first part, right? Is trust. That's the first component you have to have to build a powerful culture. Because if there's trust, people feel safe. And if people feel safe, they feel safe to be vulnerable. And unless people feel safe, they will not go into the unknown. And if people aren't going into the unknown, they're not being creative. They're not creating. Creativity is always a little risky, but it's beautiful when you have, you know, a deep trust where people know that it's okay to make mistakes if, if they need to, or it's okay to fail because, you know, if you're not failing, you're probably not doing that big of efforts or projects or whatever. And so when you have that beautiful trust built, that leads to connection. And connection is a must because most leaders start at the back of that influence equation, if you will. They try to share vision first and expect everybody on the team to co-create it without building a connection to that vision for the people. And if I don't trust you in the first place, then I'm definitely not connected to you. So, but when I trust you and feel connected to you, I will happily co-create whatever vision you're putting out there. And so for a powerful culture, like the very first requirement is that people feel safe. And like every single person, and think about yourself and any leader you've had in your life, whether it's a parent, a coach, a teacher, a boss, whatever, one of the first internal questions we're asking either consciously or unconsciously is, do you like me? Because I feel like you don't like me, then I definitely don't feel safe. And I definitely don't feel connected to you. But when I feel connected to you and I feel like what's important to me is important to you, well, that's beautiful because that's how we develop synergy. And synergy is when the sum is greater than the total of its parts. You know, me and you are so much more powerful than two people. And so I think just really intentionally looking to build trust is really the key to any powerful culture. Kevin, thank you for some phenomenal insights. You really had me thinking there and especially love some of those sporting quotes. I'm going to urge you as well to Google Jurgen Klopp on leadership. He's the manager of Liverpool FC. So that's where my heart lies. Anyway, away from sporting quotes, our next question for you. Now, we're kind of flipping this a little one because we're talking about lots of positive things, but, but let's, let's get down and dirty here. What would you say is the worst thing that not necessarily you can do as a leader, but one could do as a leader? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like how much time do we have here today? You know, th this would be such a long list and it's like, you know, pick your favorite kid here. But I think one of the worst things that you can do as a leader is to be hyper-focused on being right as opposed to being kind. Because I've never walked away from anyone like, man, they're awesome. They were right about everything all the time, always. 
And they made sure I knew it. Like, no, nobody's ever said that. But I have walked away from a lot of powerful people. Like, man, they're really kind. And maybe later I, f- I found out that they were right, but they didn't shove it in my face. They were just kind about it and they were gentle. And that doesn't mean that, you know, we're sliding down rainbows, petting puppies on, on the way to work at the Unicorn Ranch every day. You know, we live in the real world, but kindness is such a great gift to share with people because kindness makes me feel safe. I definitely feel connected to people that are kind. And that's when I'll do anything for somebody that treats me well, especially from a leadership position. And so I think just the worst thing you can do is, you know, that being right as opposed to kind is really because of an internal as opposed to an external focus. So I think, you know, the worst thing you can do is make it all about you as a leader and really lose focus of the whole point in leadership, which is to serve the people you lead and help them, you know, go out and execute on whatever it is they're looking to create. I think that links back to that cling to the known. There is no wrong or right if you're not clinging. It's only when we cling to something that we feel as though that actually we've got to make that point. So that focus on being kind over being right allows you to actually listen to people as well. I think that's a great, great shift in thinking. How do you work with your clients and businesses you serve to help the leaders gain more clarity in their missions, their businesses, and with that clarity, really drive the impact that they want to have with their leadership and also the freedom that they can both give themselves and others in their lives. Yeah, I think one of the things that we do, we get so busy that we forget to get clear on what it is we do want, you know, whether it's going to the gym, building our business or whatever. You ask people, ask 10 people, hey, what do you want? And you'll get a bunch of blank stares, I would imagine, and a bunch of weird answers that really say nothing. And so what do you want? Ask yourself that right now. And if you can't answer that very simply, then you don't understand it. Because if you can't explain it simply, you do not understand it. So what in the world do you want? Because if you don't know what you want, how how do you know what action to take to go get it? How would you know if you did get it? And then it's like, why? Why do you want this? Like this thing you want, what purpose does that serve? The what is, what are you passionate about creating right now in your life, in your business? And then how can you mix generosity into that? That's your why. And so, so often people... You know, when I walk them through this and it's a little bit more sophisticated than that, but then it's the how question, that third question that I didn't mention, right? How, 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 how am I going to do this? And I'm like, well, if you knew how you'd already done it, right? You've got to learn to let go. Like Helen just mentioned, and it's about learning to live in that place of neutrality. When we have equanimity, we get excited about wins, but not like too high. Cause then we got to crash back down and we don't get too low over perceived failure or whatever, because then we got to climb all the way back up. So a little up, a little down, but really staying close to that center. And that's really what you give yourself the gift of when you get clear on what you want and why you want it, because then you know what action to take. And then you can identify what's stopping you, slowing you down, standing in the way. And so really the four zones that we walk through, it's mindset first, because a negative mindset will never create a positive life, period. When people have these negative thoughts constantly run through their head, it's like they have scratches all over their windshield. I did a race in San Francisco this weekend. It was raining the whole time and I had water all over my sunglasses the whole time. I couldn't see anything. But that's like people with a negative mindset trying to look for what they want, but they can't see it because it's so clouded with all of these, you know, false truths. And so we start with mindset. And then once we really get that cleared up so that we can create from the truth instead of compulsively react to what other people are creating, you know, it's beautiful because when we start with that positive mindset, then we can really start to let creativity flow through us. It doesn't necessarily come from us, but it does flow through us. And it's beautiful because creativity strives for uniqueness. 
And we're all unique. We're all very similar and very different at the same time. And we're all very specific skill sets that can bring unique versions of our creativity into the world. And then we spend time on peak performance. Now that you've got this massive amount of creativity flowing through you, coming from a positive place, how can we turn up these results and go well beyond all reasonable expectations so that we absolutely change the way you think about limits? And this is all intertwined together generally. And then of course, leadership, because it's not about being the best me I can be. So look at me, everybody. I'm amazing. The more I grow, the more I can give period. And so that's the whole point, right? That's the point in life. We were given all these beautiful gifts, not to sit around and feel good about ourselves so that we could create massive value for everybody else. And it's so beautiful when you come from that vein, because you know what, when I'm thinking about you and what you need, I have little time to worry about what's in it for me or what I'm not going to get or all those other things that create that disconnect. And so that's loosely the process, if you will. Kevin, I keep being so inspired by your responses and your responses are sending me into so many other different thoughts. So I remember I'm now back to our next question. This is a question we pose to a number of our guests. And in keeping with the name of our business, Defy Expectations, we're a little bit maverick and we like to be a bit defiant. So if you could, and if you would, could you pay forward for us and the listeners a pearl of defiant wisdom for any younger aspiring learners who really want to take their inspiration from you. Absolutely. I want to give you two. So first tip, I would absolutely engage with Helen and Vicky if I was you as a leader and we want to grow because these two women are brilliant and I had an opportunity to speak with them before this episode and they have just such a cool combination of really big brains and big hearts and they really want to serve. So definitely leverage their services. Shameless plug there, but another little thing that I would highly, highly advise for all the the people out there that uh, maybe a little bit on the younger side, and I wish I would have taken this advice when I was in my 20s, but stop worrying about what other people think. You know what? It's not your business what other people think. And, you know, if you're, if you're constantly worrying about what other people think, you're wasting a lot of time. You know, worry solves very little. If your house is on fire, yeah, get out of the house. Worry about that a little bit. But you know what? Worrying about what other people think about what you say, what you create, what you do, it doesn't matter. And, you know, and unless you're like taking a stand and coming from your unique point of view, you're pandering to the middle and you're pandering to average. And if you want to be above average, you must treat yourself above average. And one of the best ways you can start doing that is to stop worrying about what other people think. Unfortunately, it's only taken me sort of late 30s, 40s to really understand that and stop worrying about stuff. As Vicky said, it's been quite awe-inspiring and I love the plug. So big thumbs up from me. <laughs> yeah, well, I absolutely meant it. So I definitely would encourage everyone listening to take advantage of that. Wonderful. I've said it already. It was super thought provoking and it really made us think a lot. A couple of things really stuck with me. And one of them, you just mentioned it. It was about your race in San Francisco. It was the fact it was raining. You constantly had the raindrops on your glasses. And it made me think I live here in the Netherlands and nobody moves to the Netherlands for the weather. But there's also a Scandi saying, which is no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothes. And I guess the analogy there is one of mindset. So it's dressing your mindset to address the elements and so forth. So you just really made me think of that. So many things to actually go through and, and recap. That was a real lovely standout one for me. But I think also 
you're very structured in your responses. And I think that really stood out to be the simplistic approach, which is actually really difficult in itself to get those really lovely, simple approaches. And I think what's what really hit the nail on the head for me is, is this idea that, you know, the question of what do you want? It's so, so confronting in so many ways as a really simple to the point question, but equally uncomfortable. And I just love the fact that I guess with a voice like yours, you can ask that question and actually disarm people in a suitably sharp, uncomfortably comfortable way. So wonderful. We love that, Kevin. Thank you. The thing that really gets me and fascinates me is in my twenties, I started diving into Buddhism you know, Ram Dass, Michael Singer, David Hawkins, lack of attachment, stop clinging to the unknown, all of those sort of things. And I separated that very nicely in a compartment. The more I understand about leadership and the more I've led people, the more I realize that actually there's a lot of those esoteric teachings that become so critical to actually what we need to do to serve others around us. And that biggest aha moment for me when you were talking earlier was about creativity. If we're clinging to that known, which is actually what we're taught to do in business, look back at what's worked in the past, look back at what hasn't, and then make your decision that way. And then you look at some of the more esoteric ones, which are just like, let go, detach yourself from everything. We're missing creativity and innovation nowadays. We're missing all of these great things that actually come from really letting go. It's not just stop worrying about what people think. It's stop worrying about your past, your future, your everything, and just have fun in the moment. So amazing. Thank you so much, Kevin. Yeah, it was absolutely absolutely my pleasure. I think it's really a beautiful thought when, hey, you know what? Like the past is the past and that doesn't have to define who I am today. And so many people, myself included in the past, we, we get hung up on the past decisions and then we work to prove ourselves right about the life that we don't even want sometimes. Wonderful. I almost don't want to start wrapping up here, but we, we're going to be respectful of your time, Kevin. If you're listening and you've been in, as inspired as we've been with this amazing guest, Kevin's aliveness, so I'm stealing a word from your website and I'm going to recycle that proudly and, and use it lots. I love it. So check back in again, because we're going to be having these sessions regularly. We'll be having other guests. You never know, Kevin, you may be able to come back on and talk with us again at some point soon. It seems you have this expansive knowledge we'd love to tap into. And this, this is all about enabling every aspect of leadership and enabling other leaders with the skills to continuously develop and evolve and thrive. As Vicky mentioned earlier on, please visit our website, defyexpectations.co.uk. There are links to Kevin's sites. There are links to everything he does. Check in on the inspiration he can give all of us and the direction to really live our best lives. It's also packed with loads of tips and inspiration on our blog as well. So we look forward to seeing you on our next chat. And if you've got any comments or questions in the meantime, feel free to drop us a line. Mm -hmm.